are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great Tuesday show for you. Really going to break down that Lakers-Warriors game last night. Best game of the series. First three games were blowouts. This was the best game of the series, and so many different things in that game that I think the average fan wasn't catching on unless they were really paying attention to the announcers, and I just wanted to point those things out for you. Great game, and we're going to talk about it for probably the first 10 minutes of this podcast. We're also going to talk about what else is going on in the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and the NFL schedule release is coming this Thursday. One of my biggest pet peeves in all of sports is the NFL schedule release, and I'll tell you why momentarily. All right, let's talk about it. Lakers, 104-101 winners over the Golden State Warriors. So many things to break down here. Let's start with this. The Golden State Warriors hit 21 three-pointers in Game 1. They hit 21 three-pointers in Game 2. Came to L.A., series tied at 1. In L.A., they hit 25 three-pointers total in Games 3 and 4. That did not help. Yesterday, they got a great contribution from Gary Payton Jr., with 15 points, but when Clay Thompson goes for nine points in 41 minutes and Jordan Poole has zero points in 10 minutes and he's basically playing himself out of the rotation, honestly, I don't know if Jordan Poole gets off the bench in game five. I That might be sacrilegious to say because he's the third highest paid player on that team. Maybe fourth. I don't know how him and Wiggins, who makes more, I think Poole makes more overall. I don't know if yearly-wise he makes more, but he's getting worse as the series is going on, and I don't think Steve Kerr, if he puts him in the game, basically I think Jordan is on such a short leash, he's going to have to hit his first you know, couple shots or hit three of his first five to stay in the game. If he starts out 0 for 2 or 0 for 3, he's done because he doesn't play a lick of defense and he plays out of control on offense. He played 10 minutes last night, 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 2 from three-point range, had three rebounds, two assists, and two turnovers. Zero points, and it was a minus six in plus minus. That's not going to get it done. He's been awful this series, just awful. So shooting-wise, the Golden State Warriors just didn't play well. Draymond had a Draymond game, eight points, 10 rebounds, seven assists. That's what he does in 37 minutes. Andrew Wiggins played solid. While Steph did have a triple-double, only the third of his playoff career, 31 points, 14 assists, and 10 rebounds, he was 3 of 14 from three-point range. And look, you don't stay close in that game without Steph playing the way he did, especially in the second half. But Steph missed a couple big shots down the stretch, and he had the last turnover in the game. So I'm sure he's going to come out all guns blazing in game five. As for the Lakers, I mentioned this when we talked about just playoff basketball, what you expect in playoff basketball. You expect your road, your your bench players and your role players to play well at home. It's when they have to step up on the road that will determine whether or not you win a road game. Yesterday, Kevon Looney came off the bench, had four points. DiVincenzo had 10 points, and Moses Moody had seven. That's it. They had 21 points off their bench, the Golden State Warriors. Lakers had 27 off their bench, but got a huge contribution from a guy who's starting to play better and better, 
Lonnie Walker the fourth. The guy had 15 points in the fourth quarter and 15 points for the game. He was the reason the Lakers won yesterday. If Lonnie Walker doesn't play that way in the fourth quarter, they don't beat the Golden State Warriors. Golden State had a nine-point lead heading into the fourth quarter and scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, including giving up the first 11 points of the fourth. They led 86-77, and then they were down 88-86. So it was a horrible start to the quarter. They really never recovered. It was back and forth basically the rest of the quarter, but you have a nine-point lead on the road going into the fourth quarter, and you lose that lead by the nine-minute mark, you're in trouble. And you could just sense that this was obviously coming down to the end, who could make more shots and who he couldn't. But it's just, you know, it's 3-1 Lakers, and clearly they're in the driver's seat. Golden State has two of the next three at home, possibly. I do think they win game five at home. This series comes down to game six. The, the Warriors, we knew, after losing game one at home, were going to have to win a road game to win the series, at least one. And now we know if they can force a game six, they have to win game six to force a game seven. I don't know if they can beat the Lakers three in a row, but if there is one team that can do it, it's the defending NBA champions and the team that won four of the last eight NBA championships. So while the Lakers should win this series, and I think it would be a pretty big choke if they didn't outside of LeBron or AD getting injured and not being able to play in one of these final three games, then it wouldn't be a choke. The Lakers should win the series. You're up 3-1. You should win the series. What was the stat that they showed at the end of the game? 95% of teams up 3-1 in the NBA playoffs win the series. So you would be in a very small group. I think it's like 13 teams or 13 teams have lost a 3-1 a 3-1 lead in the NBA playoffs. It doesn't happen very often. So Golden State's got their work cut out for them, but they've got possibly two of the final three at home if they can force a game seven. The interesting thing about last night's game, and I talked about it before the game, I said, look, be on the lookout for how it's refereed, and I thought it was refereed fine last night. They did not favor the Lakers. The Lakers shot 20 free throws, and Golden State shot 12. So, yeah, they shot more, but it wasn't like 29 to 6 and, you know, 38 to 16 like it was that one, the the uh, games one and three. However, the Lakers went 20 of 20 from the line last night. Did you know that? As a team, they didn't miss a free throw. You don't miss a free throw and you win by four or you win by three, I'd say that's pretty big. The other big thing for Golden State, 12 for 41 from three-point range. You lose by three and you shoot 30% from three-point range. 12 of 41. If they go 14 of 41, they win the game. If they go 13 of 41, they go to overtime. You see, it's just, while Steph played great, they didn't have enough guys play well, and that yet they were still in the game with time left. That's why this series, if Golden State goes home and shoots and makes 18 to 23 three-pointers uh, in game five, they're probably going to win. And then this is just, they got to come back in game six and somehow win a game on the road. The Lakers have won eight in a row on the road, and... People are saying, like, wow, I can't believe the Lakers are a seven seed and they're up three games to one. I said this before the playoffs started. Throw away the seedings. The teams that are playing the best down the stretch are the four seed, the six seed, and the seven seed. The Suns, the Warriors, and the Lakers. And the Lakers were one of the best teams in the NBA after the trading deadline. I think they finished 19-9. and nine. 
So seven seed really means nothing at all. And the Lakers are proving that. You can throw it out the window. It did not matter that the Lakers were a seven seed because it was it because they were so bad at the beginning of the season, shit, all the way through the All-Star break. They were not a good basketball team. They didn't pass the 500 mark until March. But that's why it didn't matter what their seeding was. It didn't matter what their record was. We realized, wait a second, this is a team now after trading for D'Angelo Russell, after Austin Reeves became the player that he did, after trading for Jared Vanderbilt, after trading for Rui Hachimura, after you know they, they did trade for Malik Beasley, but he's kind of fallen out of the rotation. But those three guys have completely changed the complexion of this team. So <laughs> this is a team to be reckoned with. I know that's you know kind of stupid to say right now when they're up 3-1 in the Western Conference semifinals, but you realize if the Lakers get to the Western Conference finals, I think they're better than Denver, and I think they're better than Phoenix. And then you're looking at a possible NBA Finals matchup, either Lakers-Heat, which is a rematch of the bubble in 2020, or Lakers-Celtics, which is an all-time great rivalry. And I think the Lakers – I'll say this. If the Lakers win this series, which it certainly looks like they're going to with a commanding 3-1 lead, I think they're your NBA champions. They're the best defensive team left in the playoffs. And you've got LeBron and AD. Now, granted, AD <laughs> takes naps during games. The reason Lonnie Walker had 15 points in the fourth quarter was because Anthony Davis had four points in the second half yesterday. He had a good game overall. He was great in the first half. 19 points in the first half. But he finished with 23 points and 15 rebounds, but zero blocks. And you know why he had zero blocks? This is exactly what I was talking about yesterday, which was, okay, what are, the, what are the Warriors going to do to combat the fact that Anthony Davis is just camping out in the defensive paint and just waiting to block shots? Did you see what they did pretty much all game? Whoever Anthony Davis was guarding, they had that person set a high screen and roll on Steph. So then Anthony Davis has to switch on Steph, and Anthony Davis can't guard Steph Curry. Steph Curry's either going to step back and shoot a three in his face, or he's going to drive by him and find an open man. And it's exactly what they did. Did you see the Lakers and the Warriors? Did you see the Warriors had 52 points in the paint? And remember in the first two games in Golden State, they couldn't get to the paint because Anthony Davis was just sitting back there. So that's why Steve Kerr made the adjustment. We got to start Gary Payton, and we got to make him, you know, get him some shots on the outside. But the fact that the Warriors got 52 points in the paint when they don't play anybody big anymore – Kevon Looney, as great as he was in round one, this is a horrible matchup for him. He played 11 minutes last night. Jamichael Green, who they had in the starting lineup two games ago and two games in a row, he played two minutes last night. So they know what they have to do. I guarantee they'll start Gary Payton again. Their starting lineup will be Draymond, Wiggins, Steph, Clay, and Gary Payton. Draymond's the tallest person on the court. And what is he, 6'7"? The Lakers dominate them in size, but doesn't mean you're going to win by 30 points because you're so much bigger than the other team. Lakers won by three, and they were down by nine, or get, yeah, down by nine going into the fourth quarter playing against a team that wasn't even playing anybody big. But they decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to make Anthony Davis guard on the perimeter, which he can't because he can't guard Steph. And if they try and double Steph, 
we will get the ball to the middle of the floor, and we will just find open men. And that's exactly what they did. They ran their offense to perfection. And then when it got bogged down in the fourth quarter, they didn't run their offense very well at all. You know, they had 29 assists on 40 baskets. Lakers had 21 assists on 39 baskets. So it just shows Golden State got exactly what they wanted to do. This was a close game at the end, and they just did not make the shots down the stretch that they needed to. And unfortunately, now they're down 3-1, and they're in big, big trouble. And I think the Lakers are too good defensively to lose three in a row to the Warriors. But if there is one team that could do it, it is the Warriors. So I'm not, like, hedging here. I'm just saying I don't know who's going to win the series, but any team that's up 3-1 in the NBA Finals, considering 13 teams in the history of the league have, have blown a 3-1 lead, yeah, the Lakers should win this series. And they probably will win it in six because they're playing so well at home uh, in the playoffs. So great game last night. Best game of the series, as we know, because the first three were, were blowouts. But great, great series, great game. And the champs are on the ropes. And we'll see what happens uh, in the next game. The Miami Heat are just, again, they went up 3-1, beating the Knicks in games three and four at home. Another win last night, a win and a cover for them. And the Miami Heat, do you remember this was a team that literally lost at home in the playoff, in the playoff, in the play-in game. They lost at home to Atlanta. So then they get another home game. And if you remember correctly, they were down 90-87 to 87 to the Chicago Bulls with three minutes left. This is a team that was literally teetering on not even making the top eight in the Eastern Conference playoffs. They beat Chicago. They get in. They beat the number one seed in five games. And they're just killing the New York Knicks in this series. They're up 3-1. Easily could be a sweep already because they were right in there in game two and just lost it in the last two minutes of the game. And that was without their best player. I don't think the Knicks have a chance to win three straight against the Miami heat. This series is over. Miami's going to the Eastern conference finals and they're just going to wait the winner of Philly and Boston. And gosh, I want to say like, how can we possibly pick against Philly or Boston or, you know, but I just, I, the Miami heat are, are cockroaches. They never go away. How can you bet against them? Look at how well they're playing. They're playing better than any team in the playoffs. Name me a team who's played better in the playoffs. You can't. They're 7-2. and two. Nobody else has a better record than 7-2 and two in the playoffs. As far as I know, Golden State doesn't. The Lakers won in six, so they're oh, the Lakers are seven and three. Yeah, because they're up three one this series and they won four two last series. So the Lakers are seven and three. The Heat are seven and two. Boston is what they won in six and they're two two. So they're six and four. Philly went four and zero oh, and they're four and two now. So they're six and two. But would you say they're playing the best? I wouldn't. They played the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. They should have swept. So, yeah, 7-2 and two is the best record. I Miami's playing better than anybody in the playoffs right now. And I just – I don't. and you, if you ask me, Steve, how are they doing it? I don't have the slightest fucking clue because they don't – they have a superstar in Jimmy Butler who plays awesome in the playoffs. Uh, but 
I, they're, what they're doing in the playoffs is unexplainable. They were not a good offensive team for 82 games. For them to just turn it on in the playoffs and all of a sudden become this offensive juggernaut that's averaging over 115 points a game, it makes no sense. None. Credit to them. But nobody expected this. They were an eight seed, and they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals with as good a chance to beat Boston or Philly. Unbelievable. Credit to the Heat culture. Credit to the Heat organization. Eric Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, nobody thought they were beating the Bucks in five. And certainly, once they got by the Bucks, it was like, okay, well, John, Giannis was hurt. So the Knicks, oh, wow, look at how good the Knicks played against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are they are a team that's really playing hard, and they're, wow, they're really responding to their coach. They've been outplayed all four games. They're lucky they're only down 3-1. This, game, this series could easily be over. All right, I want to end this thing talking about the NFL schedule release. It's coming this Thursday, and all the teams are fired up. They've got their social media accounts going crazy. We do know some things about the playoff or the, the NFL schedule release. The schedule this season is going to feature 14 rematches from last season's playoffs. That's the most in NFL history, including you're going to get a rematch of the Super Bowl, Chiefs and Eagles, both conference championship games, Bengals-Chiefs, Niners-Eagles, and all four divisional games, Bengals-Bills, Jags-Chiefs, Cowboys-Niners, Giants-Eagles. Now, Giants-Eagles is a division game, so clearly you're going to get that repeated. But you do get a Bengals-Bills, Jaguars-Chief, and Jaguars and Cowboys-49ers um, rematches from the playoffs. Now, one thing is we know that the Defending Super Bowl champions open the season on Thursday night. This year it is September 7th. I will be in Vegas for that. I get out there on the 7th. The Chiefs will be hosting the game, and knowing that the Eagles are on their home schedule, I would not be surprised if on Thursday we find out that's the league opener. Rematch of the Super Bowl. That would be awesome in Kansas City if they went Chiefs-Eagles. I got to look at the Chiefs' home games because we've known for a while, and anybody that has their favorite NFL team, you've known for a while who your team is playing next year. You know all eight home teams, all eight games you're playing at home and who your opponent is, and all nine road games and who their opponent is. So the schedule is just putting them in order and letting us know what are the Thursday night games, what are the Sunday night games, which is the featured game of the week, and then what are the Monday night games. So I said at the beginning, one of my biggest pet peeves is the NFL schedule announcement, and it's pretty much for the exact reason I just mentioned. We already know who every team in the NFL is playing next year. All Thursday is going to do is put it in order, yet they're making it seem like it's some big deal, and I guarantee you, you turn on any TV show, you listen to any radio show, come Friday morning, what are they going to do? Let's run down the schedule and see what our team's record is. You could have already done that because you already know the 17 teams your team is playing. Why do you have to see it put in order for you to know and guess? Not to mention, who gives a shit what your guess is on May 10th of what your team's going to do? It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It doesn't account for anything. It means nothing what you think your team is going to do when it's May 10th and you haven't even 
gotten to training camp yet and be like, oh, look at that. Week one, we play this team. That should be a win. It's literally the stupidest thing. And yet every radio show out there will do it. And everything on ESPN and NFL Live, they're going to have their analysts breaking down the game and be like, oh, look at this game, October 13th, Cowboys and Eagles. What a matchup this is going to be. Yeah, the matchup that we see twice a year, every year, because they play in the same division. Even if it's a non-division game. Oh, Chiefs and Eagles. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. But sitting here in May saying, I think this is going to happen. Hell, you could tell me the day of the game what's going to happen and who's going to win. Nobody knows. I know I say this all the time, but these people act like experts on TV. And they're not. They don't know anything. They know more than the average fan. And they can dissect a game for you and dissect offenses versus defenses. But even dissecting those and saying, oh, my gosh, look at this passive offense that this team has against this team's DBs and they should have a field day against them. Well, okay, then go bet your mortgage on it. But it just doesn't work that way. Not everything is so black and white and so easy. Yes, there are teams that are better than others, but how many times in an NFL season have we seen a team that's not supposed to beat the other team do so? So it doesn't really matter. If the Eagles win in Kansas City on week one, great. It'd be a great win for them. Does it mean the Kansas City Chiefs stink? No. If the Chiefs win and beat the Eagles for the last game of last season and the first game of this season, is it some sort of message and, oh, my God, the Chiefs are going to go on and win the Super Bowl again? No. It just means they won week one's game. (laughs) That's all. That's all it means. NFL is a week-to-week game, a week-to-week sport. It does not matter what you did the season before. It doesn't even matter what you did the previous week. Every week is a new week, and anybody can win. And your whole goal is to get better throughout the season and just get to the playoffs. Because as we know, anything can happen in an NFL playoff season. Anybody. Wild cards have won the Super Bowl numerous times. It can happen. So just watch everybody lose their shit on Thursday over the NFL schedule release when we've already known who everybody's opponents are going to be for the last two months and... Great. We know what the Sunday night games are going to be and Monday night games are going to be and Thursday night. Okay. But knowing what they're going to be in May doesn't mean you know who's going to win. <laughs> just, just watch. Just watch come Thursday night and Friday morning when you listen to your favorite sports shows and you listen to and you watch NFL Live on ESPN. It is just going to be nothing but schedule breakdowns and this is how I think this team is going to fare next season. I got I got a win here in week one, a win here in week two, maybe a loss in week three, a loss in week. Do you realize how insignificant that is to tell us what you think? <laughs> week by week, is you can predict what's going to happen for 17 straight weeks in May. <laughs> Come on now. But like clockwork, that's what you will see and hear come Thursday and Friday once the schedules are released on Thursday night. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. We'll be back tomorrow with yet another Sports Daily. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.